BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. How's it going, everybody? Your Ben Jarofsky show for Tuesday, <laughs> December 20th. The year's almost over, Ben. Oh, man. I'm feeling very nostalgic about the end of 2022. But, Better than 2020. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. All right. Maybe and, the worst uh, year ever. <laughs> and better than 2021, uh, in my humble opinion. It's everything, it's it's kind of getting progressively better. Hope, I hope, please, 2020. Please but it, be good. It's brought to you by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago, where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, concert listings. They talk about pot every now and again, and so much more, including columns from our very own Ben Jarofsky, Chicago Reader, chicagoreader.com. And if you want to help out this program, you can, chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky, J-O-R-A-V as in victory, S-K-Y. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling. <laughs> That's how you do it. Mega Chess Tuesday, and here's why. First of all, I want to give a shout out to what I did over the weekend, just feel because I feel like giving a shout out uh, to what I did over the weekend and then have a, a baby boomer complaint. OK, I mean, it's I, you have guys haven't heard a good old fashioned Benny J, a baby boomer complaint in a while. Come on, hey kids. So uh, we went to um, a concert this Saturday. So Maurice Brown, a great trumpet player at Martyrs. Shout out Martyrs uh, and fantastic concert. I am a Maurice Brown fan. Absolutely love the concert. Now, here's my baby boomer complaint. The millennials, listen to me. Okay? When you go to a concert, go to the concert. Don't walk in at a bar and then out of the bar. You go to the concert. You're there for a concert. Now, they're playing for like two hours. If two hours is too much of a time commitment for you to make being at the concert, then don't buy a ticket to go to the concert. It, the millennials be like, I'm going to the concert. I'm going to walk into the venue and then I'm going to walk out of the venue. I'm going to walk into the venue and I'm going to walk out of the venue. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to irritate the hell out of this old baby boomer who's trying to enjoy Maurice Brown by walking in front of him. Excuse me. <laughs> I'm like, I just saw you like three times. You passed by. That's my baby boomer complaint for the day. Come on, millennials. You go to a concert. You stay in the concert. You know, I could tell millennials are not into jazz. Like, you go to a jazz concert, you know, just walk out in the middle of the concert. Can you imagine back in the day just walking out of Miles Davis? I'm just going to walk out of Miles Davis because I want to smoke a cigarette. Anyway, great concert, Maurice Brown. Love you to death. Uh, that's what I did this week. All right, enough baby booing complaining. Uh, let's get into uh, my the thought that is on my mind today. I've been obsessively all morning uh, reading the New York Times coverage of the January 6th House panel's uh, recommendation that Donnie Trump, President Donald Trump, yeah, that guy, uh, be charged with all kinds of horrible uh, uh, acts against the country. 
essentially trying to stir up an insurrection. Uh, and so they've sent their recommendations uh, over to uh, the Justice Department, see what the Justice Department will do. Uh, we'll be following this all throughout the years. And of course, Monroe Anderson will be here tomorrow. He can't wait to talk about this stuff. He's been predicting uh, that Donald Trump would be indicted. He's been predicting that Donald Trump will be convicted. He has been predicting that Donald Trump will be let off to jail in handcuffs. Got to see it to believe it. But that's what Monroe Anderson has been predicting almost from the day uh, that I first put him in front of a microphone, which has now been like five years. So in a very interesting uh, article, series of articles in the New York Times chronicling all the things Trump did. Now, longtime listeners to the Ben Jarofsky show, obsessive political junkies that you are, otherwise you would not be listening to this show, already know the crimes that Donald Trump has committed. You've read about him. We've talked about him. You've heard about him. You've seen him. Uh, I, I, to me, I can't believe he hasn't been indicted a long time ago for calling up uh, election officials in Georgia and telling them to get rid of the votes, uh, <laughs> get rid of the Biden votes so that he could be proclaimed the winner. I don't know how he's avoided indictment on that. We've heard him do that. My distinguished guest knows because he's battled Republicans uh, in DuPage County for a long time. He knows that if any Democrat had done anything as outlandish as Donnie Trump did, but he got on the phone with Raffensperger in Georgia and told him to throw away Biden votes so that he, Donald Trump, could be proclaimed the victor in Georgia. And he did the same thing in Michigan, by the way, that any Democrat did anything remotely like that would be denounced by the Republicans out in DuPage County. They'd be denounced by Republicans up and down in the state of Illinois. And that gets me to my thought. Very interesting response to the January 6th committee uh, report and the January 6th committees, the Congressional January 6th committees uh, recommendation that Donnie Trump be prosecuted. Republicans quite don't know how to play this. This is why I call it a MAGA chess game. Like, just follow me on this one, ladies and gentlemen. This is interesting. I love, I love, see, Trump, every Republican knows if they're going to be honest. Every Republican knows that Donald Trump, what he did, violated the law and that he should be prosecuted. And every Trump, a Republican knows that if it was a Democrat doing it, they'd be screaming to the holy heavens, as I just said. My distinguished guest, he's nodding his head. He knows I'm telling the truth. Every Republican knows that Donald Trump violated the law. And every Republican knows whether he or she will admit it or not that Donald Trump should be prosecuted. But they are so intimidated by Donald Trump that they spent the better part of the last two years denying that Donald Trump committed a crime, trying to shift the blame, not from Donald Trump, who committed the crime, but to the January 6th Congressional Investigating Committee that was investigating Donald Trump's crime. Why? Because they were afraid of Donald Trump's wrath. All those Republicans in DuPage County who pretend they were moderates, all those Republicans up and down the state of Illinois, who are trying to post position themselves as quote unquote, and I try not to laugh when I say this, good government Republicans, all those who denounced Michael Joseph Madigan all those years. Yeah, those Republicans, they had to look the other way at Donald Trump because they were afraid of MAGA's wrath. They saw what happened to Adam Kinzinger. Adam Kinzinger, the congressman, 16th congressional district, don't act like you don't know him, Republicans. When he dared to denounce Trump, he joined forces with Liz Cheney. Republicans across the board kicked him out of the party. He can't run as a Republican anymore. The guy is more conservative than Ronald Reagan. I mean, Adam Kinzinger and I don't agree on anything politically other than Donald Trump. 
We both think Donald Trump's a crooked or criminal and should be thrown in jail. Other than that, we don't agree on anything. Federal spending, abortion, environment, nothing. But just because Adam Kinzinger dared to criticize Trump, MAGA, which is a cult, let's be honest, come on, Republicans, even you have to admit that MAGA is a cult. MAGA kicked him out of the party. Republicans will talk up and down over and over again about the crimes of Michael Joseph Madigan, the former Speaker of the House. They're still using him in, in their campaign literature. I'll bet you my distinguished guest could talk about campaigns waged in DuPage County where they were still invoking Madigan's name. And Madigan's not even in office. Madigan's facing federal indictment. Madigan's not the head of the Democratic Party. And he's not a the House Speaker. He's not even a state legislator anymore. But they're still using his name. I don't know any Democrats except for maybe me on my weakest days who defend Michael Joseph Madigan. I always def I defend him for standing up the router. <laughs> me, who made a career out of assailing and criticizing Democrats like Madigan, including Madigan, for the property tax business. I, every now and then I defend, his, um, defend him. And I wish, by the way, there was a Democrat in New York with the brains of Michael Joseph Madigan who came to being a tactician or the brains of my distinguished guest. Could you imagine if New York Democrats were led by somebody from Illinois who knows how to play the game of politics? Those dummies in New York, they lost four congressional seats. That's why the Republicans are going to take over the House. That's one of the main reasons. They don't know what they're doing. They're completely clueless. Anyway, I went on a tangent. So no Democrat would denounce Michael Madigan, but uh, would, excuse me, no Democrat, that's a Freudian slip, no Democrat would defend Michael Madigan. They've all like kicked him out of the party. But Republicans are afraid. They're afraid to criticize Trump, even though they know he committed crimes. So now you're going to watch the real MAGA chess game. They got to figure out what to do. If they continue to support Donald Trump uh, in the face of mounting evidence that he committed crimes, then they run the risk of turning off voters. Now, it's pretty clear that MAGA Republicans don't care about lawbreaking at all. Their attitude is they're against it if Democrats do it. They're for it if Republicans do it. Okay, so it's pretty clear that the utter hypocrites on this stuff. But they realize they can't win areas like DuPage County if they swear an allegiance to Donald Trump and his lawlessness. So they have to figure out a way to what make it look like they're independent of Donald Trump just enough to win over voters in DuPage County without upsetting the great hordes of MAGA voters who would follow Donald Trump over a cliff. And so I'm watching this. I'm reading the New York Times coverage of the January 6th uh, report, and they're quoting all these Republicans by name. Guess what? Each one that they quote by name, former congressmen or Congresswomen, former, as in they are no longer in Congress, as in they are no longer running for re-election, as in they no longer have to suck up to MAGA. So all, all these former Republicans are like, well, yeah, we're through with him. He's done. He has no political future. And I'm like, yeah, well, I'll, okay, I'll sign out of that if I see a current Republican congressperson saying that -uh. what they do is they got uh stefiniak the congresswoman out of new york and her response to the january 6 
report is, I can't wait to take power with Kevin McCarthy uh, after the first of the year because you know what we're going to do? We're going to investigate the investigators. That's their response. They're going to investigate the investigators. They're going to go after Liz Cheney. They're going to go after Benny Thompson. They're going to go after Adam Schiff. What do you guys know? And when did you know it? They're going to subpoena the investigators. I've never, I'm going to have to, I've never heard anything. I've been following criminal justice issues in the city of Chicago since 1981, ladies and gentlemen. I can't recall ever, ever, ever (laughs) somebody who's been charged with a crime being allowed to all of a sudden investigate the investigators. Now, I kind of welcome it, you know? I mean, maybe it's a new uh, thing we're going to do from now on. So it's the criminals, the defendants, I should say, will get to investigate the prosecutors. You know, that's an interesting concept of law and order. Law and order for everyone but other than me. I'm the law now. <laughs> Republicans, you have no credibility. None. Absolutely none. You're trying to figure out a way to get out of this without offending voters in DuPage County, the DuPage counties of the world, I should say, all those swing districts, not just DuPage County, but if I use DuPage County as a symbol, you're trying to figure out a way to get out of this without offending mega, uh, the mega monster, because you know that mega monster doesn't play. Just ask Adam Kinzinger. Liz Cheney, they got bounced out of the party for daring to criticize Donald Trump. All right, I'm going to be following this MAGA chess game. Yes, yes, indeed. I'll be following this one as this year ends and next year begins. And I got a feeling uh, my distinguished guest, Ken Mejia Beal, will also be following it. He is the chair of the DuPage Democrats, a good friend of the show. Welcome back, Ken. Thank you for having me. It's so good to be back. (laughs) <laughs> yes, it's very good to be back. Love your T-shirt, uh, but uh, folks can't see it. Uh, any, <laughs> we'll just let that one die. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> Ken is the head, is uh, the chair of the DuPage Democrats. And uh, as I always say, uh, when he comes on the show or any DuPage Democrat comes on the show, DuPage is in the midst, DuPage County uh, is in the midst of quite a significant political transformation. One, Ken, as I've told you many times before, I would never, ever believe. Uh, I've got about 30 years of view of life. When I first moved to Chicago in 1981, DuPage County was very, 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 very different than what it is now, both yeah. politically and demographically, and those two are connected. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Asafani Obed, who's been on this show, uh, stood up to some of the forces out there uh, in DuPage on school issues, and she is sort of an indicative of the changes that have happened uh, in DuPage County. And so are you, man. You are like living proof uh, that um, DuPage County has significantly changed. So before we get into uh, the changes that have happened in DuPage, the last election, uh, how DuPage you think will react to Donald Trump on all the political news of the day, just take a moment, Ken, to reintroduce yourself to our listeners to explain how it is uh, that you arrived in DuPage, where you came from, uh, and uh, when you got in politics. <laughs> Take it away. Got it. I'm a Southsider, uh, originally from Southside of Chicago, 79th Street. I like to throw that in there because it's very important to my story. Uh, I moved to Naperville about 11 or 12 years ago. I can't remember anymore. I've been involved in chronic illness, HIV care, and that's what kind of led me to politics. So from there, 
I jumped into politics. I worked on campaigns. I, I started volunteering with the DuPage Dems. And, you know, when the opportunity came and, and we needed new leadership, I ran for chair. I was the, uh, well, no, first I ran for state rep uh, in a very, the most conservative, one of the most conservative districts in the state. I lost by about 2,000 votes. And then I decided to run for chair of the party and, you know, was not expected to win. I'm never, I'm always the underdog. I won uh, by about uh, 59% of the vote. And I just ran for reelection again. I won by over 62% this time around. And uh, we are kicking ass out here. We're doing a great job. Uh, so, so far, we have uh, the first Democrat, uh, Democratic woman ever elected as chair of the uh, DuPage County. We have the majority of the DuPage County Board. We have the we have the Forest Preserve president. We have the majority on the Forest Preserve. Where all of our congressional leaders are Democratic, we have the majority of Democrat senators and Democratic state house. Um, yeah, we're doing pretty fantastic right now in DuPage County. Yeah, uh, and my, yeah. I'm doing it strictly from memory. None of this matters anybody. Kennedy High School is that where you graduated from? Ben, you know what? Your memory's great. Yes, wow. John F. Kennedy High School. That's unbelievable that I remember that. Uh, I just wow. Yeah. So, ladies yes. and gentlemen, he really is from the south uh, west I'm, side of Chicago. I'm a very, I'm a very proud Southsider. <laughs> uh, and now you're a very proud uh, to Page County. And I'll just Absolutely. point out, like when he when he says. Uh, when Ken says that he ran against in a conservative district, let me just lay it out. Please. He ran against Amy Grant in right, 2020, and she had stepped in to replace Jeannie Ives. Mm -hmm. So Ken was running for state rep in Jeannie Ives district. And for uh, rookies out there who don't are just learning about politics, that's OK. We'll 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 teach you. Jeannie Ives is maybe the most conservative state rep uh in the house for many years uh, fiercely vehemently against abortion and she was the one who got so mad at bruce rauner governor bruce rauner because he signed an abortion rights bill that she ran against him in the republican primary from the far right mm -hmm. and so ken ran against the woman who replaced Jeannie ives i believe you got like 48 percent of the vote which yeah which I just was that one. That one's when I woke up, Ken. That's what I said. <laughs> What's going on? You know, this man from the southwest side of Chicago gets 48 percent of the vote running against Jeannie Ives, handpicked successor. Something's yeah. going on DuPage. Well, you know, DuPage is changing. The, the minds of DuPage are changing. Someone you just mentioned, that's Fani Obed. Uh, I bring her up because she is really revolutionizing the way we view education out here. And fun fact, we're almost twins. My birthday was yesterday. Hers is today. We're supposed to be meeting up pretty soon. But I say that to say we have a lot of leadership that is coming in in our county from all over the place and giving a fresh set of eyes and vocals to those folks that are moving in from all over the place. All right, let's talk about uh, some of the, the triumphs from the, the November uh, election. Yeah. And I'm going to start with uh, the two congressional races that uh, the districts include uh, significant chunks of DuPage. One is John Cassens, the other is Lauren Underwood. Uh, in the months leading up to the 2022 midterms, there was a lot of gloom and doom coming out of uh, uh, liberal uh, circles that Sean and Lauren Underwood were in trouble. I heard this a lot. Uh, there's a 
uh, I could get into the psychology of Democrats uh, and how they accentuate gloom and doom in order to raise money. But so I don't know how legit it was, but that that was sort of the theme. Uh, and then they won, right? <laughs> with probably as much, if not more, than they won the last time around when there was no gloom and doom. Correct. Uh, so explain what happened in 2022 with these two elections. Yeah, super easy. So Democrats, you have a group, you have a large percentage of Democrats. I like to call them the Democratic elite, uh, especially members of the media that that thrive on being foreboding and being negative. It's the way that they get people to pay attention because when folks were saying, well, Kasten might not make it, I'm I'm actually talking to voters in person on the phone. And I'm like, ah, he's going to win by a way. I don't understand where, where are you guys getting this information? And it's, you know, well, I was talking to my cousin, Frank, who lives on a chicken farm in the middle of nowhere. And he said, well, your cousin Frank is wrong. The media is wrong. I'm, t- I'm talking to the people and I'm, I'm telling you we're doing well. I mean, this whole election cycle was plagued with folks saying, you guys aren't going to do well. And halfway through, I mean, of course, I went into it believing we wouldn't do well. But as I started talking to more and more voters, I got to a place of guys. I I think we're going to knock it out of the park. Um, And trust me, I don't want to say that out loud, because if we don't, then, you know, people come to my house with pitchforks. But I knew it because I was talking to the people. So I never thought that we were in jeopardy of losing uh, Congresswoman Underwood or Congressman Kasten. I didn't think it was going to happen. All right. Well, let's talk about uh, gloom and doom as a tactic. Sure. Uh, and uh, this is one of our uh, when we get into uh, the strategy of winning elections, as opposed to uh, the uh, issues uh, that we talk about on the show as well. When we talk about strategy. A lot, I believe that uh, Democratic strategists uh, have come to the conclusion that gloom and doom uh, is a useful t- your base, your liberal base anyway, really scare them to give more money uh, and to show up. I believe it's so it's hard for me. Let me back up. It's hard for me to understand if the gloom and doomers putting out this message really believe the gloom and doom they're saying or if they're just kind of like manipulating us uh, into giving more money and to voting. Your thoughts? I think I call it the Clinton effect. Um, I think the Clinton effect really scared everybody. And so now anytime we get a poll, we automatically deduct 10 points. So if you are doing a poll and you're ahead by eight, you're down by two. And that's the way Democratic campaigns are run now is is the Clinton effect. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. The Hillary Clinton effect. Yeah. Hillary. I was going to say the Clinton that's in is Hillary, not Bill. Yes. The Hillary Uh, Clinton effect. Because that shocked everybody and we don't want to be shocked again. So I think that's what happens. We look at the polls and we say, "Okay, let's deduct 10. And I think that can be beneficial. I think every candidate should run like they're always behind. But I do believe as as the chair of a party, it can be detrimental because if you have folks that are running to a campaign that's ahead by 12 and you kind of need people to focus on a campaign that's actually ahead or behind by maybe one point. It's hard to redirect because we had campaigns in DuPage that were uh, won by a very small margin, represented state rep District 45, uh, uh, Representative-elect Jim Laddish Douglas won by under less than 300 votes. We have a county board seat that was won by less than 100 votes. 
redirecting resources to those campaigns became difficult because of manufactured polling and negative deductions from other campaigns. So I'm not a big fan of it, but I fully understand it, if that makes sense. All right. So let's um, look forward. Uh, And um, Republican Party, uh, you probably heard the uh, my remarks that opened are trying to figure out how to deal with Trump. Uh, on the one hand, they realize that the two page counties of the world have turned against Trump to a certain degree. Yes. That Trump is toxic in DuPage, not just DuPage County, but all the DuPage counties, like all the counties throughout the country, suburban counties, uh, swing voter counties uh, yep. in Milwaukee and Detroit area, et cetera, and so forth. Uh, on the other hand, their base loves Trump uh, the way I love M&M's and fried chicken. I mean, it's just adoration. So Got it. <laughs> um, what are, as you see it, some of these wedge issues that still exist for the Republican Party that were very much alive in 2022 and that they have no way of sort of like unifying their base with DuPage <laughs> County independence? Go ahead. It's super easy. So half of the party doesn't realize that the other half of the party are a bunch of bigots and idiots. And that's the problem. So you have half of the party that realize that the other half are bigots and idiots and are trying to politely say that without saying it. And then you have the other half that have their their head in the sand and they have no idea. So that's your problem. That's where you have that's where you have the issue. If, If nobody is willing to address the real issue. That's the real issue. It's not the economy. It's not, you know, any of these other issues that pundits might talk about. Half of the Republican Party is rooted in bigotry and prejudice. And the other half either is calling it out or they're tiptoeing around it and pretending that it's something else. To fix a problem, you know, uh, uh, something I always say, you have to call a thing a thing. So you can't go into a room and say, well, you know, some of you guys aren't nice to, you know, some people and and let's talk. No, you have to say some of you guys are, are, are like racist or homophobes or misogynist. You have to say it. And until the Republican Party is ready to say it, they're going to have this this issue. Well, I'm going to push back on you. I don't think sure. half of the party uh, is calling them out. I understand exactly the point you are making. Can uh, I, I want to rephrase because I didn't mean to say that. What I meant is I think half of the party realizes that the other half. That is what I wanted to say. Thank you for letting me correct myself. <laughs> yes, no, I don't know of any Republicans who are calling out the other half, or the. I don't know any Republican like Darren Bailey. Well, he's MAGA man at the core, uh, but we made fun of him so much in the aftermath <laughs> of the election. Well, we made fun of him throughout the campaign, but in the aftermath of the election, he gave an interview with Shia Kapos of uh, Politico, and uh, he said that Donald Trump was problematic for Republicans, and he goes, he couldn't really understand it because all he's done is you know a, a few uh, bad tweets. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that's it. You well, know? I, th- I think I think Darren Bailey is part of that 50 percent that either is very well aware um, of it or is so ignorant that he doesn't know. And to be quite honest, I I have no idea which side of the fence he falls on. But I, I he I don't think he understands the core issue there. Well, let's get into uh, the Darren Bailey campaign uh, for a moment. Sure. Uh, he uh, ran against Chicago. He called mm-hmm. Chicago a hellhole, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, he talked uh, about Chicago in really ominous terms, as though he was fortifying uh, the fears that people had about Chicago and saying that 
uh, if he wasn't elected governor, uh, if JB was reelected, all the state would become like Chicago. It's kind of like the if he had a theme. Yeah. Uh, how does calling Chicago a hellhole play in DuPage County? You know, the problem is, is so many suburbanites don't know jack about Chicago except what they see on the news. Um, and that's where folks like myself come in. I'm from Chicago. I love Chicago. I was just there yesterday. Uh when you watch the news, sometimes you get this image that Chicago is like Gotham City and there's like the penguin running down Michigan Avenue and Catwoman is like ripping off Saks Fifth and broad daylight. That is not what happens. Um, yes, there's crime because there's crime in every large city. So sometimes you have to get in front of the narrative. When folks say, yes, there's crime in Ch- there's more crime in Chicago than there is in the rest of the state. Maybe there's more people there. I mean, if I lived on a cornfield by myself and the only my nearest neighbor was 50 miles away, I think it's highly unlikely that we would murder each other. However, when you have millions of people in one place, yeah, stuff happens. We have to get realistic about it. And am I saying Chicago's a, a perfect place? Absolutely not. But it's not Gotham City. It's not gloom and doom. Um, the, the penguin is not running down State Street. I guarantee you that is not happening. Uh, so do you think <laughs> it was just irrelevant as a force that the, the, the Chicago's a hellhole? Do you think uh, that voters? Well, in- it, it worked because it scares suburban voters. Mm-hmm. It's a scare tactic. And a lot of sub- suburban voters will vote against their own self-interest if they're afraid. Um, and, and that's I mean, and we don't have all day to talk, but that's where these scare tactics come from. If you can scare suburban white women, then you win the race because suburban white women will vote against their self-interest. Um, and that's why the Safety Act and drag queens became such a talking point, because if you can give you can scare the suburban white women vote enough. You can win. The good thing is, is thanks to uh integration and more people in the suburbs meeting other people from the city, meeting other people of different backgrounds and nationalities and sexual orientations, it doesn't work as easily as it does anymore. Was there any indication that it worked uh, in this 2022 campaign? Because that was what they were trying to do. They were trying to scare suburban voters. Yeah. The safety act. uh, There was, there was a moment where every day, I will wake up to more and more emails about the safety act. And, you know, um, just to be completely blunt, as a black man, it was so infuriating because I hear the dog whistles and now I'm explaining to folks dog whistles before I can get into the safety act. It became a very irritating four to five months of my life. But once you talk to folks that are even just a little afraid, and you're able to connect with them on a human baseline and explain to them, hey, this is the way the system is set up. This is what will change. This will is what will not change. Because Republicans were trying to frame it as on January 1st, all these rapists and murderers are just going to be set free from jail and we're going to bust them to downtown Naperville and they're going to have coffee with you. That's not what's going to happen. And that was what I spent months explaining to folks. Well, I think that the uh, in addition to um, uh, scaring people with the image of crime, uh, there is this very ongoing campaign to scare uh, parents yes. with grooming. Yes. The fear that 
Uh, and this is so bizarre. Like just saying it, it's so bizarre. But the notion that somehow or other uh, your child will decide to become gay or lesbian or trans based on what he, she, they sees or hears in a classroom. Ken, I'm telling you right now, <laughs> it's not how it works. Well, but go uh, ahead. Well, I'm the I'm the first and only openly LGBT teacher in the state of Illinois. Still to this day, first and only. And I can assure you that I did not grow up in a society that was opening and affirming for LGBT people. So, and I still turned out LGBT. So there you have it. Um, I find their arguments to be laughable because just last year, uh, the state of Illinois passed legislation to educate children on consent, to educate children on their private parts, to educate them on what to do. And Republicans were up in arms. We can't teach our children about consent, blah, blah, blah. And then a year later, they're upset about grooming and drag queens. And I don't know how the two got conflated, but that's neither here nor there. Republicans are always going to be the party of problem, 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 shoot the solution, shoot the messenger and shoot everyone that doesn't believe in what I believe in. All right. So, by the way, yeah, just let's just folks <laughs> yeah. think about this for a while. Uh uh, as we said earlier, uh, Ken went to Kennedy High School on the I southwest did. side of Chicago. I did. And you're right. That is not um, that is not your quintessential like north side. Uh, everybody is tolerated high school, no. whatever you want to do. We, I'm not we, hating on them. I'm just saying it's a different. No, the reality is we had a teacher that tried to start a gay straight alliance when I was in school and her car was set on fire. Uh, I'll never forget it. And you can probably Google it. Her car was set on fire and people blamed her for her car being set on fire. And she was an open uh, lesbian. So, yeah, I didn't grow up in a I'm not from Los Angeles or anything. Yeah. And it's parts of Los Angeles where they don't like gay people, too. Well, yeah, right? I know what you're saying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm watching the Republicans uh, on this issue and uh, they are they're still determined uh to use the fear of gender mm -hmm. i guess i don't know what else to call it if you just want to capsulize it uh to, to the the fear and the hate of this uh as a motivating factor right now we talked about this a lot in the show there's a case before the supremes where a graphic designer i think it's in colorado uh is asserting her right not to have to uh, have as clients uh gay people getting married mm -hmm. She just asserted that as a right, I think, just to provoke this case. It's not like any gay, gay people were knocking down the door of her house. Oh, would you please do our weddings? Right. Uh, so I think this was an act of provocation intended uh, to get on the books uh, uh, a law that uh, would or permission to have a law uh, that would openly discriminate against gays. Right. I, that's my belief, Ken. You could disagree with who you want, but I think. I don't. <laughs> okay, and it looks like the Supremes are ready to sign on. You know, you got the MAGA Supremes, yeah. uh, and they look like they're in charge and they're going to get the votes they need. Uh, so I view all this stuff as political. I believe I, that the Supremes are acting politically. They're following the instincts of the Republican Party, uh, and uh, they're attempting to uh, enact their view of the world uh, through judicial rulings. They're doing the exact things they chide the Democrats are doing. Of course, they're hypocrites. Yes. Uh, so uh, how, if this is where they're going on this particular issue, 
How do you think that plays into Page County? Well, what it comes down to is I believe that, yeah, of course we have bigotry in DuPage County. I'm, that would be an idiot if I sat here and told you we didn't. But I also believe that the, the common sense folks will outnumber the bigots. Even people that are quote unquote not comfortable with the quote unquote lifestyle, and I'm using bunny ears, so please don't tag me in any weird tweets later. Um, they don't want to do anything about it. It's kind of like I don't like it. I don't. I don't want to be a part of it. But I'm not going to go outside and protest it either. So a lot of DuPage residents that are not quote unquote with it are not willing to pick up picket signs and and shut down businesses for it either. So. That's where I, I think we stand a, as a county. But, yeah, we still have issues here. Uh, you know, we had uh, a drag queen bingo that was shut down. It made news. Um, it, it caused a lot of, in my opinion, chaos over nothing. Um, for nothing. It was supposed to be drag queens um, doing bingo with, with I think, uh, junior high school kids. And when I was asked about it initially, I'll tell you my response was, I'm more upset that we're forcing junior high students to play bingo. That's what I want to protest. Why are we making them do bingo? It's the most boring thing in the world. The, the drag queen aspect of it was totally <laughs> removed from my, um, uh, my objection to it. But that became a huge thing. And the irony of it is it was happening in the month of October where literally most people in the country dress up as whatever. Um, it, it's, it's Halloween. So you're saying it's the month of Halloween and you guys are so up in arms of people dressing up in costumes, which is all drag is. Um, it, it's a, it's a lot about nothing. It's, it's oh, all yeah. scare tactics. I'm with you in this, uh, a tangent. Uh, I remember our first drag show I ever went to in the 1980s. Uh, and uh, it was at the Patan. Shout out Jim Flint. And Ken, <laughs> uh, I'm not making this up. There were busloads that this stunned me. And I admit I was naive and my eyes were open. Busloads from churches on the south side of Chicago. <laughs> Women coming in, <laughs> like really dressed well to see this show. Yeah. Diana Ross, Liza Minnelli. <laughs> I mean, I'm. Uh, Patty LaBelle. I I'm like, the, <laughs> the, the buses from the Southside churches kind of caught me off guard is what I'm saying. And, well, I, and I think the bigger issue is when they, when the negativity comes, they find these clips of drag queens that are scantily clad or are, um, are inappropriate or vulgar and say, this is what all drag queens do. I can do the same thing with comedians. I can find comedians that are, I, you know, I can take old Chris Rock footage and say, oh my God, this junior high is going to have a comedian. This is what a comedian is and show Chris Rock footage. And the comedian that might be there is like, I don't know. Um, I don't listen to age appropriate comedians. So I don't know anybody that doesn't, uh, that would be age appropriate. But my point is there are different kinds of entertainment. Like take the word drag out of it. it's entertainment. There's music, there's movies, there's actors, there's comedians that are age appropriate for everybody. There are drag queens that are not age appropriate for junior high students. And there are drag queens that are 100% age appropriate to read a book to a kindergartner. 
it's not about the drag queen. It's about the platform of entertainment. And that's where we have to kind of talk about it. All right. Uh, so uh, you sent me a link uh, mm-hmm. about uh, some uh, on uh, some Internet uh, scuffles you had uh, with Awake. Yeah, they're uh, friends. Yeah, you're, yeah, they kicked you off. <laughs> yeah, they're uh, friends of mine. I'm like, come on, Awake. You're like, you, this is like Elon Musk stuff. Well, you say the, for freedom of speech, and yeah. then someone does some speech, you kick them off if you don't like. So why don't well, you tell folks exactly what went down? Go ahead. Yeah, because I want to make it clear. They, they, I, Awake Illinois is not a part of my my sphere. Um, I am blind to idiots, so I don't see them. And one day I'm on Twitter and I'm getting all these weird, like negative messages, like more than more than usual, Ben. And I'm wondering what in the hell did I do? What's going on? And then a, a friend of mine from the Illinois Eagle let me know, like, hey, Awake Illinois tagged you in this, you know, derogatory tweet. Um, and then and then I go and they block me. So what they did is they called me out to answer a question or whatever, and then they block me within 30 seconds of, of posting it. So I didn't see the original post. It is the it is cowardice and it is the opposite of what they're supposed to be for. Um, and that is who Awake Illinois. They are the uh, they are a hate group, in my opinion, because they like suing folks. So let me be clear. It is my opinion that they are a hate group. It is my opinion that they thrive on a sphere of hatred and confusion. Um, that is how they operate. And. Yeah, so they they came at me. It didn't go very far because, yeah, if you want to engage with me, if I have time, I have time. I, I have a background in stand-up comedy. I can go back and forth all day. But when you remove the person from the conversation, it's no longer a conversation. It is a well-orchestrated attack. And that's what Awake Illinois doesn't understand. They have attacks on everyday people over these small issues instead of having conversations with them. All right. Uh, I did not know you had a background in uh, stand-up comedy. And so completely (laughs) tangential, having nothing to do with anything. I am going to throw this curveball at you. You're Mount Rushmore of comedians. You got four. The four greatest who would be on Mount Rushmore of comedians. Who would you put? The four greatest comedians, your humble opinion. Go. Okay. Uh, Eddie Murphy. Um, uh, Larry David, um, oh, oh, you're killing me. Okay. Uh, Eddie Murphy, Larry David, Dion Cole, and wow. Dion Cole on the Mount Rushmore. Okay. <laughs> Dion Cole is hilarious and a very subliminal and a, he makes me laugh. Uh, and I'm going to go with. Yeah, you did put me in a bad place. Uh, <laughs> this is a small Mount Rushmore three. Eddie yeah. Murphy. I love Eddie and, Murphy. And I'm going to say Bill Burr because he makes me laugh a lot too. Don't apologize for putting Burr's hilarious. Burr's hilarious. He so, yeah, a, there's, there you go. Don't uh, apologize for Bill Eddie, Burr has this Eddie, thing. Larry, Dion, and Bill. That's oh my, my four. <laughs> I'm going to send you the link. The Bill Burr, I see it all the time. It gets reposted. The thing about. Uh, how uh, black people put the F word uh, in front of, yes, (laughs) it's a hundred percent true. He he's brilliant. I love his comedy. Oh my God. (laughs) 
my list to crack up every, every time I hear I send it to people. Because it's true. <laughs> you don't have George Carla or Richard Pryor in there, but that's a generational thing. I'm older than you. I, so, I, uh, yeah, I was, I was born later. You're not even born then. All right. Okay. <laughs> I needed to hear that one today. Oh, I wasn't even born then. You stepped uh, in it. You but stepped You know in what, it. man? Larry David is pretty freaking funny. I got to tell you, Larry David cracks me up. He just. Yes. He goes places that really, in his own way, nobody else goes, you know. And uh, I'm slowly turning into Larry David. He's my he's 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 what I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> not quite sure you really mean that. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, let's move on. Uh, yeah. You're telling me. Uh, so what what's the counterattacks uh, that you expect? Uh, to to from uh, Republicans uh, in DuPage County in the coming year, and I guess it'll be you know again anything that happens in DuPage County is happening in suburban districts, swing yeah. districts throughout the country. So, what do you th- expect their plan book will be? Their playbook, excuse me, will be in the coming months. Sure, they're going to um, scare you with security again. Um, security, security, security. Violence from Chicago, 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 and then. Um, Democrats are bad at the money, the money, the money. That's kind of they're going to that's going to be their go to. And how are they going to deal with Trump? They're not. They haven't. And they're not going to. They the Republicans at this point treat Donald Trump the way that um, we, you know, you would treat a guest that comes to your wedding, drinks too much, acts inappropriately. You don't put them in the pictures. You, you don't talk about it. That is how they treat Donald Trump. They want us all just to forget like it ever happened. Well, uh, we right now, I began the show talking about this. January 6th committee has uh, completed its uh, investigation. Uh, they've written a report, and they're sending a recommendation to the Justice Department to possibly prosecute Donald Trump. This is uh, We did a whole show a couple of weeks ago with Jim Coogan. I urge everybody to check it out. We went through all the prosecutions and cases against Donald Trump, and it's just one of them, ladies and gentlemen, okay? It's just yeah. one of them. Uh, and uh, the response uh, from uh, Congresswoman Stefak, uh, Stefaniak in New York uh, is that she, when she gets power, is going to investigate the investigators. Mm-hmm. So you know as well as I do that Kevin McCarthy, he's going to be the speaker, uh, yes. has to give the the nutcases in the MAGA uh, a lot of guarantees. And one of them uh, apparently is to investigate the investigators. So they're going to have a, uh, a Republican-led investigation into the January 6th investigation of a very real coup attempt uh an insurrection at the capitol uh so in uh your humble opinion mm-hmm. how will that play uh in dupage because it's got to be a hot kind of hard well more that go ahead i think i think it is our job as as democrats to keep reminding folks that we are now paying for an investigation into an investigation once again the republicans are wasting our money and wasting our time with lies and and bs this is what they do. But what we need is Democrats instead of because what we tend to do is stand on our stage and say, well, this is how the investigators were right. Blah, 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 blah. I hope we don't do that. I want to see Democrats get on a stage and say, this is how much this BS is going to cost the American people. We have to call it what it is. Um, and I think sometimes Democrats are way too polite to Republicans, which is, you know, something I'm not. I'm, this is where the benefit of being from Chicago is from. I don't have to be polite to Republicans. I don't get it. But a lot of Democrats are, will bend over backwards to appease Republicans, and they, they're so happy to work across the aisle. I don't give a damn if you're a Democrat walking, working across an aisle. 
Are you working for the benefit of the pockets of the people in your district? Talk about it. Talk uh, about that. <laughs> is there any level of cordiality uh, in DuPage County politics between Republicans and Democrats? In other words, you had a great night uh, in November, an election night. Yeah. Uh, and did you get a call from your c- counterpart that had a... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Whoa, I should have hit the mute. Sorry. Sorry. Um, I guess that answers that question. Absolutely not. Um, Not only did I, I don't get calls from me. Let's be honest here. I I am an openly LGBT chair. I'm a black chair in DuPage County. I don't get calls from very many Republicans. And I'll be honest with you. There's a few Democrats that won't pick up the phone to talk to me either. It doesn't matter because we have the majority. But no, no, they're not calling me. Um, (laughs) So much for cordiality. You know, Republicans, I'm just going to tell you this. In any uh, high school football game or basketball game, when the game's over, they have a shake, uh, handshaking line. Not making this up, Republicans. Go to a basketball game, you'll see. <laughs> the two teams line up, and they walk past each other, and they shake hands. That's how you're supposed to do it, okay? Just saying. Well, because at the end of the day, the Republicans that were elected as elected officials, I want them to do a good job. I want them to do and lead for the sake of the people in DuPage County. I think politics should be more like football. After the game is over and we have a winner, we have the parade, but then we have to like just move on and work together. The election well, is over. Well, this, um, we got to do better with that. All right. Time out. Uh, first of all, yeah, I'm going to make my point in this. Go for it. There, Democrats play by those rules. What yes. Trump and the Republican Party did uh, at the 2020 election was they broke up all the rules. Yep. They refused to concede. They made up uh, a, a theft that had never occurred. Agreed. They pressed that case to the point where there was an insurrection mm-hmm. uh, and they made it the theme of the Republican Party going into the 2022 uh, midterm cycle, mid- midterm elections. And that is, is that the 2020 elections have been stolen. Yes. Everybody knew they weren't stolen and they they said that. And so now you get Republicans are asked a question. Will you concede on election night? Darren Bailey was asked that question. Uh, I forget when and where and he ducked and dodged and danced. I can't remember how Darren DB big fellow's mm-hmm. kind of quick on his toes uh, when he has to duck and dodge. Uh, <laughs> and so so that's I, I just put that on Republicans. I, I, oh, I I'm not just, any Democrat who's ever done that. Go ahead. Not disagreeing with you. We have two Republicans right now that lost and they're they're calling for discovery votes. I'm not saying that we don't do that. I'm saying Republicans need to start doing that. Got it. That's what I'm saying. We do that. (laughs) Uh, All right. Uh, So in 2020, you ran uh, against Amy Grant. Yeah. You got 48 percent of the vote. I want to say I was stunned. Uh, I was privately saying this guy's not going to get 33 percent. Boy, did you prove me wrong? Uh, I think I had to actually admit that to you at some point. You did. Uh, And so. uh, I was a little surprised you didn't run again this time around. Sure. Uh, so what's your political future in terms of running for office? So when I ran for this position to be chair of this party, I did not want to run for a state rep seat and run the party. I think it is, um, this is my opinion. I know there are other people that do it. Um, that's them. Uh, I have, I have, a life outside of politics that is very important to me. So I didn't want to be, have my hands in 50 million buckets. So 
making sure that our elected officials got elected and that our Democratic voters turned out was my number one priority. Mission accomplished. So does that mean I'm not going to run for office again in the future? No. Um, As of late, I've been in talks with uh, different folks to run for different offices and um, my, my door is open. The door is open. So there you have it. All right. There we go. The door is open. And the door is open. That door in 2024. Hey, that rhymes. He could be walking through the door is open. He could be walking through that door in 2024. That's right. Uh, uh, I'm a rap <laughs> star. Uh, all right. And then finally, uh, I told you I was going to ask you this. I, know, I can't wait to hear this answer. Uh, <laughs> num- one of the number one topics on our show these days, of course, uh, the, the mayoral election in the city of Chicago, February, 20, February 28th. Just yep. moderated a forum uh, last week. Uh, shout Great out job. one more. Thank you very much, Ken. I really appreciate that. Shout out uh, to the Martwicks, uh, Rob and Sharon, for inviting me to do that. Uh, and um, so uh, you're the chair of the, the DuPage uh, party. I think mm-hmm. everybody is, that's running, even though it's nonpartisan, is a Democrat. Uh, uh, maybe not. Well, Wilson. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, everybody but Willie uh, and maybe Paul Ballas, but whatever. No, I think Paul Ballas uh, took a Democratic ballot. Mm -hmm. Uh, So uh, are you going to make any endorsements? Are you going to get involved in any way? Go ahead. So so here's here's the deal. Um, Number one, as a Chicagoan, I do have a pet peeve with people that don't live in Chicago that jump into Chicago politics with no good intent. So that's number one. I don't live in Chicago, so I think it should be left up to the people that live there. With that said, um, I consider, you know, Lori, uh, Mayor Lightfoot is someone I consider a friend. She really helped me out when I was running. Uh, we've, we've had some really good exchanges. We've, you know, she's great. Uh, Cam Buckner is somebody I consider a mentor. We exchanged texts over the years. Social justice reform is a big thing. Brandon is uh, Brandon Johnson, son of a retired uh, public school teacher, huge, huge fan of his. What he's you know proposing for our education system, big, huge supporter there. Congressman Chewy Garcia has a bit of DuPage County. I've had the opportunity to work with him. I like a lot of his pro- progressive ideals and his goals. So with that said, without sounding like a politician, I am not gonna i have no i these are four people that i admire respect and i think uh, i wish them the best in their future careers wherever that goes so there you have it that is me answering your question to the best of my abilities all right that's pretty good yeah Uh, i uh uh that's not bad you know kind of little not really ducking and dodging just more i'm not gonna get involved in this one and i i don't blame you Uh, but here's here's the thing Call me in April and let's talk in April or, you know, after February, if, if there's a runoff and then maybe I'll be able to give you something better than I just did. Uh, I hear you. And, okay. Uh, uh, that and I'm not going to ask you to put on your prognosis hat and, and predict who will be in that runoff. There will be a runoff. Ladies there will and be gentlemen. a runoff. Yes. Okay. Uh, and that's why I'll just get on my soapbox. Those forums uh, are very important because you want to know uh, what to expect from the you you want to vote for the person that you feel is closest to you in that first round you want that to me uh, and I, this is me speaking Ken uh, mm-hmm. 
like that first vote, I can vote for whoever I want. You really, you know, can. so many times uh, I'm like lesser of two evils. But my notion is that first vote is this is the person I want to vote for. And, 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 and you know what? The reason could be really peculiar. Like it could be I vote for somebody because I really like their family. And I've therefore I think they're going to be a person with great values. Uh, do you follow me? I mean, or I like this person because in the past he or she has taken tough stands uh, on issues. I, I voted. In, I remember in the last automatic election in Chicago for a guy who got clobbered because in the first round and went to a runoff. I just this guy was always there. You know what I'm saying? Like a progressive fights. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I got it. He was always there. He's running for all. I got to give him my vote because he was always there. So you as have you your should. reasons, you know, as and, you should. Yeah. I think uh, everyone should vote their conscience and who they think, you know, would do the better job. But number one, vote for the love of God, vote. And number two, if there is a runoff and the person you voted for the first time doesn't win, dust yourself off, wipe your tears and vote again. Sometimes that second part is really hard. I'll just I mean, who are you talking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, really. I've had some doozies of a choice over the years that I'm like, oh my god, what do I do? I'm gonna just throw darts at the dartboard. And- <laughs> <laughs> no, but you gotta, you gotta vote. Yeah. And at the end of the day, there is someone who aligns more with your values. Yeah, somebody. Yes, that is true. All right, Ken, I want to thank you very much for taking time to talk to us. We'll be talking to you throughout the year. Uh, good job, DuPage. Congratulations, DuPage Dems. Uh, all that gloom and doom, if that worked as an incentive, well done. If if it was all made up and fictitious and you didn't need it in the first place, you're really starting to annoy me. Uh, but uh, congratulations, uh, John. Thank well you, done. Sir. All right, uh, Kevin Abiel, uh, my guest, the chair of DuPage uh, County Dems. Uh, and I also want to thank the man, myth, the legend, the pride of joy, Alton, Illinois, without whom this show would be possible. And as Ken and Jeannie Ives will tell you, the only thing they agree on, back home at Alton, they call him Dr. D, and the D stands for Demarvelous. Give yourself a raise, take it out of petty cash. Peace and love, everybody. 